Welcome to the Doc G Show, a radio show cluster. Without further ado, critics have said he has the face for radio and a voice for silent films. Your host, Ben Doc G Gordon. And we are on the air. Welcome to the Doc G Show. I'm your host, Doc G. With me is a man that once found out that he was allergic to cats when he was in a house with a cat and me. Jake, Papa J-Bone's parlor. Say what? Yeah, man. I was in the kitchen just dying, and y'all were in there just having having a ball. The uh, cat, and I was... you, you know uh, what makes me chuckle about that story, Jake? I was thinking about that actually. I forget how I started thinking about it when I was uh, getting ready for this show, but uh, I was taking care of Kelly's cat, and I'm such a. D- I just invited you and Maddie over to Kelly's house to play with her cat and didn't even ask her, like, hey, I'm letting two people into your house. Are you cool with that? What? Nah. I was just like, come on over, guys. I'm taking care of this cat. It's fine. Hop into her house. Like, didn't even ask permission, you know? And then you almost died from cat allergies. And there you go. Yeah. There you go. Hey, but it, the big, the biggest thing that came out of that night is you and I bonded pretty well after we left. Of course, <laughs> I, spent, I spent most of the time in the kitchen trying that's, to recover. That's true. Well, you know, you came in and you're like, dude, I think I'm allergic to cats. And I looked up and you were just all red-faced and your eyes were swollen all over the place and snot was running everywhere and i was like jeez yeah yeah i think you are (laughs) why did you come over here and you're like i i didn't know i was allergic to cats and i was like oh you definitely are that's at least this one you are not you are not supposed to be around this cat that's for that that cat had boundless energy though you could yeah. play with that cat for like four hours, and it was ready to go. It was like a dog. It was so crazy, true. you know. Because most cats yeah. will play with you for like ten minutes, and then they're like, "Okay, screw you, I'm done with this." That's a fact, right? But that 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 cat boundless, and then Kelly just got rid of him. Crazy, crazy. This anyways. Yeah, yeah, she just, she, she like gave him away to somebody because she was tired of having a cat. One of those weird things. Anyway, Kelly, Kelly, if you're listening, that was uncalled for. You shouldn't have done that. I'm sure you're not yeah. listening, but that was uncalled for. After um, everything I went through. Yeah, exactly. You put uh, <laughs> Jake through trials that you didn't know he was over at your house anyways. How could you, Kelly? Oh, come on. Anyways. Jake, I, there was something else that was on my mind besides you almost dying from cat allergies this week. Um, interesting, right? Uh, I, I've got a bit of strategic uh, gaming during the summer of how I work out in uh, the outdoors weather. You know, it's hot. Mm, it's hot yeah. here. So what I try to do is I try to plan my runs for right after it rains. Word. You know, so it's not a thousand degrees. I get this dip of like down into the seventies, high seventies, low eighties, and I'm like, beautiful, right? That's my that's my idea. There's a problem with that idea uh, because it it means for that idea to work that you have to be able to predict the weather. So true. Yeah. You know, and predicting the weather is tough. It's still sort of the pinnacle of things we can't do i mean when somebody wants to relate something that's hard to predict they say well you can't predict the weather right that's a saying you know Hmm. 
You know, yeah, I, I agree. I agree. Okay, but okay. I was just checking, Jake. What, I just want to make sure we're I'm, on the same page. But to me, it seems like trying to run after it rains would just make it more humid and hot. No, and no, yeah, a little bit more humid. It depends on the it depends on the amount of rain, right? It has to be a long rain because a long rain will actually cool you. But if it, yeah, if it's a short, you know, just shower on for five minutes, yeah, then you're usually worse off. Because then it's just, it's 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 even more humid and then still yeah. just as hot. Not good. So true. Not good. But the, the, the more important thing here, Jake, is I started thinking about weather prediction because I'm old and that's what old mm-hmm. people think about, right? Yeah. And the amazing thing is, even though we can't predict weather, we still do. Like, the weather we is predicted every day. On TV, on radio, on everybody's phone, all the time. Yes! And almost all the time, they get it wrong. I was reminded of that this week, trying to plan these runs. Every day, I'd wake up and look at the weather and be like, okay, 70% chance of rain at 4. Looks like I'll run around 4 sometime around then. Hmm. 4 rolls up, not a cloud in the sky. Girl, come like, on! Okay. Guess that was off. Next day, I'm like, oh, man, no chance of rain. Jeez. Two hours later, it's pouring down. What? Like, what? And, like, it's it's not just here, you know? It's not just, it's just not Florida. I mean, I remember the, my whole life. I mean, growing up, I remember getting all psyched up in the winter because the weatherman's been telling me for, like, four days it's going to be a big snowstorm coming. I'm like, sweet. No school. That's right. Then the big snow day comes. I wake up. Not a single snowflake outside. Blam. I'm like, oh, what? Yeah. yeah. I'm like, I got to go to school like a stupid loser? God. All right. Well, at least you can say they're consistently inconsistent. Yeah. Yeah. You feel well, me? It, uh, I mean, well, you, 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 I mean, the good example is the hurricanes that you're, you're well aware that I've had to, to bunk up with you a couple of times. I mean, those hurricanes, mm-hmm. every three hours, it's different. Like, first three hours, like, a uh, hurricane's going to go across Florida, going to come up through Texas three hours later. Hurricane's going to curve out to sea, go into the Atlantic Ocean three hours later. Hurricane's going to stop and tap dance over the top of Cuba for two straight days. What? Make up your mind, yeah. man. And, and you know what I realized, Jake? What, what came what out of this, this, this meteorology look is being a meteorologist is awesome that's a fact like yeah, you don't yeah, yeah you can be wrong and still yeah. make a living exactly well think about it it's the one job you don't even have to apologize for getting something wrong think about when you've ever heard a meteorologist come on the next day and be like wow wow guys we completely up sorry that was so wrong we got like the opposite of correct whatever that zero percent like they never do that nope. they the the best you'll get is that they come back on it and give you a play-by-play of what happened the day before even though it was completely opposite of what they said and they won't acknowledge that it was the complete exo- opposite of what they said like they come back on the next day like nothing happened with the confidence of freddie mercury ready to rock the stage like here we go What's up? Girl, come on. Here's another day. Like it's 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 amazing. Like just think about that. Like yeah. what if you were a surgeon 
And you got as many surgeries wrong as a meteorologist gets forecasts wrong. Like if a dude came in for a hip surgery and instead you removed one of your testicles and you're like, oh, sorry about that. That was that was our bad. Like, and, But you don't yeah. even have to say that. He just shows back up the next day and he's like, hey, ready for another surgery. Word. Like, what? Yeah. It's awesome. Well, yeah, and that's a... So now meteorologists... They don't. If you think about it, they really don't even have to prepare for their yeah. broadcast. No. I mean, they could just go. You up could there say anything. Not, yeah. yeah. Just be just BS, and then. I mean, and then who's the next be like, day oh, you don't I mean, even have to bring it up. You're just like, yeah. well, whatever. Yeah, it's great. It's great. And either of those, you know, you think about it, like in the the surgeons, you would no longer have a job. Nope. Like even if you explained it, you yeah. wouldn't have a job. But with meteorologists. We're back watching them every night. Nobody loses faith in a meteorologist because what else are you going to do? Like, you got no other alternatives. You got to try to guess the weather somehow, right? So what I've took from this, Jake, is that our listeners need to start treating us like meteorologists. So true. So when our show is not entertaining and it does not deliver good performance, which is uh, we have a pretty high record of doing so. That's a fact. It doesn't matter. The next show... They're here anyways. They're ready to listen again the next uh, week, regardless of how bad the show is, right? Wouldn't that be nice? Absolutely. We have the best yes. best listeners in the world. Yes. Jake, are you ready to fire up this hailstorm of a show? I've never been more ready, Ben. Five. All three engines up and burning. Two, one, zero, and liftoff. <laughs> Jake, my goodness, the show we have today, I mean, wow. I mean, wow. We have a thoroughbred of a rock star, Mr. Jimmy Tolan. He looks like a rock star, Jake. I mean, this dude, so true. he's got the he's got the lean, lanky look, the 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 long, scraggly hair over the face. Rocker. That's a fact. Rocker. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, he plays for the Lonely Ones, which is a band out of Columbus. Now, a lot of people may know him as Boba Flex. Boba Flex got uh, a lot of listens in the past 15 years. Uh, and one of their founding members left the band, so they changed the name, and they're starting a little new. They're the Lonely Ones now. That's right. And their uh, newest release, Cover of Queen. It's not no. an easy... That's not an easy group to cover, no. man. Uh-uh. And they they nailed it. They nailed it. If I can say so myself, it's pretty killer. They did Flash. Flash. Okay. Oh! Well, dude. Yeah. If you're gonna if you're gonna cover Queen, you have no other option other than yeah. to kill it. I mean, yeah, if you well, don't, I mean, then yeah, yeah, oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I mean, they're, they're one of those bands. It's 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 like it's like covering you know Zeppelin or like the Beatles. Like it, it's just you got to come in with the fire. Or people will light you a new one. And you know what? They did it. They did it. And we're going to talk to them. I can't wait. It's going to be good. But first, Jake, we need to start where we start. A birthday suit. Say what? Yes. Happy birthday, Mr. President. Now, Jake, this one is very well known. I know you know her. And once I go over a couple of her songs, you'll know who it is. That's right. So I gave it. We'll see. I gave it 99%. Oh, okay. Now, and just so you know, if you get this one, 
you'll already be tied for Dave for this week because he only got Ooh, one. Dave. Yeah. Dave. Uh, you know, s- s- sad. He had he had a couple of tough ones. I think I think definitely the last one. You obviously right. You've seen Goodwill Hunting. Hmm. I love Goodwill Hunting. Yeah, Dave hadn't seen Goodwill Hunting. I was like, what? What? Are you kidding really? me? Really? Yeah, That's he crazy. hadn't seen Goodwill Hunting. Now that was, and the reason I bring that up was because uh, one of the the his birthday suits was uh, Casey Affleck. Casey Affleck, ah. Ben's brother. Ben's and brother, yeah. uh, and I was like, and I told him, I was like, he was in Goodwill Hunting with his brother Ben Affleck, and he was like, oh, I've never seen it. I was like, dude, Robin Williams, Matt Damon, classic man. It's not your fault. It's not your fault. Not you too, man. Come on, it's so good. Yeah, so good. Yeah. Wait, what? Anyways, I got sidetracked. Ninety nine percent, Jake. Ninety nine. Here we go. Let's, Born on August sixteenth, nineteen fifty eight, in Bay City, Michigan. Her birthday suit wearer was one of six children. Middle. She was the third child. She was the third child. Oof. Her mother sadly died when our birthday suit wearer was only five years old from breast cancer. Uh, she was a very good student all through high school. She took piano lessons and took ballet. The ballet lessons eventually led to a scholarship to the University of Michigan, but she dropped out and moved to New York City to perform in entertainment. Mm. At first, she worked as a backup dancer, but soon started performing in bands. In 1982, she released a single titled Everybody, and then another in 1983 titled Burning Up, which were both club hits, which quickly got her a deal with Warner Brothers. Once she signed to Warner Brothers, she had another uh, hit after hit, including Holiday, Lucky Star, Borderline, like a virgin, material girl, Madonna. crazy for you. Madonna is correct. Yes. Yeah. I'm Woo. not that familiar. I mean, like, I know who Madonna is, and I just don't really listen to her stuff, but, I mean, I know who she is. She's one of the biggest oh, yeah. pop stars of the 80s. So until you said like a virgin, yeah, I was like... Well, yeah, I, I, I knew one of those songs had to get you. I mean, like a virgin might not, but material girl might, uh, in the groove might, papa don't preach might, like a prayer, vogue, express yourself, like, I mean, yeah. basically from 84 to 94 unstoppable i mean so many hits during that time i think i gotta say sure. either the the two the two last ones vogue or express yourself those are my favorite madonna jams Sweet. into the groove is another jam and actually right now she just released a new song with uh dua lipa and missy ellie say what? they just released a jam um hey i got a confession yeah. So you know how last week we were talking and we said Dua Lipa is the second most listened to artist yeah. on Spotify, right? You never listened to her. I, I've. It's a her. Yeah. Wait, what? Oh, I, I was. I've never ever even heard of Dua Lipa until last <laughs> week. Girl, come on, dude! You got to get into the TikTok game. Come on, she's huge on TikTok. They got all kinds of goofy dances to TikTok uh, to do a lip of songs. That's right. It's it's uh, it's it's big. It's big in the in the hip hop dance world, man. Man, do they love some Dua Lipa? She's up there. Man, she is up there. Um, but that's not whose birthday it is. It's Madonna's birthday. Nope. She's Madonna, sixty-two. Happy sixty-two, Ooh. man. She's she's still pretty. You know, pretty. Keep pretty it hot. together. 
keeping it together. Uh, she has, by the way, sold more than 300 million records worldwide. Uh, seven Grammys, the Vanguard Award for MTV, and the most successful solo artist of all time on the Billboard Hot 100 chart. Say what? Top that chart more than anyone else. Now, Dang. groups, the Beatles beat her, but uh, yeah. solo artists, no one else beats her. Uh, pretty crazy. Give it up to Madonna. There you go. 62. Okay. All right. Jake, you ready? We're going to rip some headlines. The ripping and the tearing. It's now time for Rip from the Headlines. Mmm. Mmm. Classic Jake line. Love it. Yep. Love it. Uh, I don't have oh, many. <laughs> that's, that's one of them. That's a classic. Amen. Uh, okay. So... Let's start off with an interesting one, Jake. This is uh, from Adelaide, Australia. I don't like how I said let's start out with an interesting one. It makes the other one seem like they're boring. They're all good, folks. That's right. But this one's interesting. Anyways, Michael Balker, he's a 47-year-old from Adelaide, Australia. And back in 2016, he was working at a place called Family Voice Australia, hmm. which apparently is a Christian uh, conservative organization. Word. Sadly, that year that Michael was working for him in 2016, suffered a stroke. Uh, and when recovering from the stroke, he sued the Family Voice Australia for having a highly stressful work environment. Which, you know, I can follow that. Uh, he yeah. said he said the poor staff morale, high workload, and long hours contributed to the stroke, which makes sense. But this is where it really takes a turn. It gets interesting. Apparently, back in 1993, when Michael was living in South Africa, he witnessed a drive-by shooting. Jeez. Which, you oh. know, is a stressful situation. Very, yeah. very stressful. You can have some PTSD from that. And apparently... He said, and his lawyer said, that when witnessing this event, it caused him to develop an addiction to pornography. Word. Which. I'm having, yeah, I'm having which, a hard time to see how those are related. Yeah, exactly. Which he has held on ever since. And he said that around the time of his stroke, the added stress at work made him watch more pornography to cope with the stress, which likely contributed it to the stroke. Hmm. So, there are many things to unpack here uh, in the story, Jake. First, I know you can build up an unhealthy addiction to almost anything, but like you said, how do you land on pornography to deal with a drive-by shooting? Hmm. Like, such a way... And this... Th th think about it, Jake. This is 1993, that he saw yeah. the shooting. There's no internet in 93. Nope. Like, this dude had to really work hard to get some pornography back then. Like, you that's. Had to buy it. Yeah. VHS. Yeah, you had to go out and hunt around for porn. That's tough. Wait, what? Like, then he's still using this addiction 27 years later at work. And, like, I just, like, I just. He's got, I mean, like, it's horrible that he had a stroke, but, like, in my head, I just imagine him in his office with, like, one of his co-workers, and his co-workers like, man, our director, he's just a tyrant, right? He's just so mean. Like, it doesn't matter how hard I work. I can't win, you know? And Michael's like, 
Yeah. Don't worry, though. When I get home, I'm going to beat it. Wait, what? And his co-worker's like, wait, how do you win at home? He's like, oh, no, that's not what I mean. I don't, I don't mean that. Ew. What? Huh? Like, plus, I mean, I, I know, like, you know, it's already bad, but it's not good to let people know you had a pornography addiction and then you had a stroke. Nope. Like, he didn't do himself any favors in the joke department. Nope. Like, no. he, sh he should have kept that one under wraps. The, the, like, just go with the stress part. Leave the other addiction part out. It's fine. It's fine. Uh, yeah, that's Jake, when he's, he started losing people. Yeah, for sure. A little bit. A little bit. Uh, Jake, this next story, I enjoy this one uh, immensely. This one is right down the road from us, actually, here in Florida, in Fort McCoy, Florida. Hmm. Uh, this past week, a dude in Fort McCoy pulled a straight George Jones move. Word. I'll explain that George Jones move here in just a second. A police officer from Marion County was called into the scene on suspected drunk driving and found Paul Burke driving down the middle of Highway 316 going 8 miles per hour. And he was going <laughs> 8 because he was on a lawnmower. Hmm. Now, oh. yeah. Now, I'll be honest. Okay. It didn't look good from the start for Paul. Because when I watched all of the uh, the uh, video, the officer's footage, uh, you know, the, the body cam footage... And so the officer walks up to Paul, and he's like, uh, excuse me, sir, where are you headed? Paul looked over at him, home, sir, headed home. Okay, which would be a fine answer, right? But then the, co yeah. the cop asked him, where are you coming from? Home, sir, home. So you're just driving around? Yeah, just driving around. It also didn't help that Paul already had three DUIs and his license had been revoked four times Jeez. for DUIs. Mm. The last strike came when the officer told Paul that they were going to have to do a field sobriety test. And Paul said, I don't think it'd be a good idea. I've been drinking too much. That's a fact. Hmm. <laughs> mm. Not Amen. now. See, now, see if Paul told the cop he drank too much because he witnessed a, a drive-by shooting in '93. Totally makes sense to me. That'd be way more. I'd make yeah. way more sense than than pornography addiction. You know, I'm just saying. Sure. I'm just saying. Now, two things, Jake. One, I found it a very nice ironic touch that when I went to watch the body cam footage on the news website before the video started, there was an ad for whiskey. Wait, what? Which I just. I found very ironic. It was just like, good, really? Good really? ad placement. Yeah. And then the second thing, the George Jones, I don't know if you ever heard this, but the famous George Jones uh, country singer, he uh, back in the day did the exact same thing. One of his uh, wives hid all of his keys of his cars from him so he couldn't go to the store for more alcohol, and he found the keys of the lawnmower and drove that to the, uh, to the store instead. That's right. So... That's why it was a, a straight George Jones move right there. Right there, man. Well, uh, at least it's it, at least he was honest and he was cautious. I mean, yeah, he was he was technically driving drunk, but I mean, hmm. 
you're less like I feel like you're less likely to hurt someone else going eight miles an hour on a lawnmower than if yeah. you're getting behind the wheel of a vehicle. Right? He would have he would have definitely helped his cause if he wouldn't have been in the middle of the road. That's a fact. You know. That was True. the big. That was the big. Uh, if he would have been over on the side, and then he could have even added to the police officer, I was I was mowing the bank for Sweet. you. Don't worry. I was, I was getting go. that. I was getting that bank mowed. You know. Um, okay, Jake. Uh, for the next story here, um, not too far from old Paul and his riding mower, uh, there are a lot of nice beaches in Florida uh, right near us. We got Ponte Vedra. You got Palm Coast. You got St. Augustine, real nice beach. Um, a Georgia couple took a trip to St. Augustine, and uh, their their trip was cut short this past weekend because they were arrested on charges of child neglect and drug possession. Hmm. So, according hmm. to police, uh, on the actual police report, police noticed Cody and Tiffany standing outside their car and they seemed pretty intoxicated so cops walked up closer to them when they got a little closer to talk to the two they noticed that the couple's daughters were in the back seat of their car Word. and then they noticed that surrounding the daughters were lsd methamphetamines a gun and pornography Jeez. surrounding the children in the back seat. So this time, Jake, I'm guessing you now understand where the charges came from. Yes! Sort of. Yeah. Get those it, charges. Um, go for it, Jake. People. I just, yeah, people. I, <laughs> some people, you know. Like, it, well. This, this is horrible. So Kim, Tiffany's sister, after she got the news, she talked to news reporters uh, that were calling, you know, to ask her questions about her sister and uh, her sister's husband. And she said, none of this makes sense to me. I don't like it because they're they're being put off as bad people. And they're not. They're the best parents. Sometimes they're overprotective. It's unreal. End quote. Hmm. So, I will uh, agree with Kim. They, these people could be lovely people. They could They could not be bad people. That's true. But the best parents, it's a little, hmm. little, little bit of a stretch. Am I right? A little bit yeah, of a stretch. I mean, you know? But, 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 but first off, kudos to Kim for having Tiffany's back. Nice. Yes! Nice on that. Um, second, with that combination of pornography and gun, you can make another Mike, uh, Michael Balker. They got to watch out. So true. I mean, you don't yeah. know what could happen with that combo. I'm just saying, you got to watch out there. Third... Uh, it's pretty hard to support that second claim when they found meth and LSD. Like, I've I've met a lot of folks that I would call average parents, not good parents, and I've never seen those average parents cover their kids in street drugs and weapons. You know, it's just that's yeah. That's a tough of a stretch. And lastly, the the biggest... Like, couldn't you make a little effort to hide your drugs and guns? Hmm. Like, just a little bit. Like, get a duffel bag and write, like, family heirlooms and tax documents on the side of it or something. Throw them in there. Just a little something to throw people off the scent. I'm just saying. You know? Is it just well, me? Does that make sense? 
I mean, you this know. is the this this is the second story today where people have physical porn. Yeah, it's yeah, it's. Well, I like, was gonna say that. I meant to say that at the beginning of rip from the headlines. There, uh, there was a a similar vein running through that there would be pornography uh, through our rip from the headlines. Not all the stories. Nope. But there are some. Yes. Are well, no, some. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. People actually have, you know, yeah. physical porn, whether it be it, magazines or VHSs or DVDs. Man, throwback. Yeah, I'm like, it's, it's all it's over the, the internet. It's you on the phone, man. Yeah, no, not these people. They want a hard yeah. copy. Pun intended. They want a hard yeah. copy. Well, I Anyways. guess if you have LSD and meth and a gun, then that kind of overshadows the porn all, that you have. So all bets are off. Yeah, they 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 literally just got those drugs so people wouldn't judge them for their porn. That's right. They're like, yeah, yeah this porn looks bad in our car. What are we gonna do to make ourselves look better? Get some LSD. Yeah, that sounds nice. That's good. Good plan. <laughs> so true. Good plan. Uh, okay. Um, Jake, uh, we got. Uh, I'll give you the option for the next story. What do you want to hear? Uh, Florida schools coming back in section or uh, German circus? Hmm. Let's go with the German circus. Okay, nice. That sounds interesting. Uh, Jake, aside from medical difficulties, obviously the pandemic, one of the big problems with it, right? It's caused e- economic difficulties. Yes! Especially folks in sort of the recreational entertainment industries. Right? You know? Yeah. Because yeah. when you can't hang out in large groups, you can't mingle amongst each other. Pretty big problem. You've obviously seen that in the band you're in. Hard to get gigs yeah. when you got that going on. Uh, True. Now, obviously, because you're in a band and our show has a lot of uh, musical artists, we tend to think about that. But there are other entertainment artists like circuses that have had a big, big problem, hmm. right? They haven't had anything to sell. They can't have circus. Well, a circus in Germany has found a very unique way to keep themselves afloat during the pandemic. Hmm. They have started selling an item that acts as an animal and pest deterrent for gardens. Any guesses what that deterrent would be? Uh... I have no idea. Nope. They've started selling lion poop. Wait, what? That's right. From their lions in their circus, they have collected that poop and they are selling it. Which, I mean, you know, makes sense when you think about it. Like, if I'm a raccoon and I come up on on a pile of lion poop... I'm not hanging around to see who made that. That's a fact. You know? Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. no thank you. I don't want to be a part of that animal. You know? Yeah. Each jar is about five it's it's five euros, which is about six dollars. Which I mean I guess seems reasonable. I don't know what a reasonable price for a jar of exotic animal poop would be, but nope. that's how much it is. Um yeah. and I started thinking about I started thinking about it, Jake, like you know how bad that's got a smell mm. shipping from Germany to wherever you live and then opening that jar that's been sealed for days. Ew. Talk, talk about a mask mandate. Ew. That's got to be a ripe smell, man. Yeah. You got you to gotta hey. open that with care for sure. And initially, I thought they were going to be selling some sort of you know physical circus porn since that's the new <laughs> thing now. What? 
Jeez. Uh, here's what they did. They sold a magazine full of clowns that are naked, Jake. Ew. Sold like <laughs> gangbusters. No. No, lying. But you want to do you want to hear my really horrible joke that I came up with for this story? Of course. Yeah. Okay. Okay, here it is. Here it is. Get ready. This is a good this is a good second grader joke for this story. Here we go. You know, Jake, if you told me a German circus was selling your poop in a jar for five euros, I'd say you were a lion. Huh? Huh? I, I huh? see what you did there. Yeah. Um, I, chuck, I chuckled a little bit. Nope. Yeah, you got a little bit. You got a little, if you were if you were like six years old, you'd be dying right now. You'd be dying. Yeah. It'd be it'd be you'd because you'd be like, oh my god, I understand. There are two words: lying and lion. But they sound the same. And he used one for the Son. other. Hilarious. Yes. Poop jokes. All right. Uh, let's see. We got time for one more story here. Jake, uh, I'm going to go. Let's see. Okay. They, they both have to deal with schools. One has to deal with an arrest at a school. One has to deal with a statement about the school. Which one do you want to go with? Let's do the arrest. The arrest? Okay, this is pretty interesting. Mm -hmm. uh, so, uh, schools, surprisingly, in uh, Key West, public schools already back. Back back uh, in session, right? And so, so thinking about this, Jake, uh, and I already told you it was about a yes, or an arrest. Um, what do you think is too young to arrest somebody? What do you think is, like, the, the lowest you can go for that one? Hmm... Oh, you mean like what's okay? What I would age? say, yeah. I would say the lowest that you could arrest someone would be like thirteen. Yeah, yeah. Like I was thinking, obviously, like absolute lowest bar is like at least double digits in age. You know, like if you're yeah. if you're filling in only one bubble for age on a Scantron sheet, that's that's just not old enough. That's a fact. Like that's come on now, <laughs> Scantron. Come on. Apparently, though, it's old enough here in Florida. Wait, what? Uh, because an eight-year-old, an eight-year-old with special needs, an eight-year-old with special needs was arrested this past week in school. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So this child, um, this yeah. child was told by a teacher that he was sitting improperly in the school cafeteria, and she was reprimanding him. And in the middle of the reprimand, he punched her. Um, and I don't know how he punched. You know, it didn't really describe. That's all. In all the stories I looked up, it was just a generic punch. Right? So I don't know. But, I mean, you got to imagine, right? He's an eight-year-old. It, it can't come with too much force. He's an eight-year-old. So true. Right? Um, but, nonetheless, they called the police. The police came and again, I got to watch the body cam Sweet. footage. And in this case, they come up to a kid that doesn't even come up to their waist who is crying uncontrollably, and they frisked him. An eight-year-old. Like, what are they going to find on an eight-year-old? A lifesaver and a crayon? He's eight. <laughs> like, what is this? Then they handcuffed him. And the handcuffs didn't even fit because he's eight. They just slide, slid right off of his teeny little wrist, oh. right? And then they took him to jail, 
fingerprinted him, took a mugshot, and threw him in a cell for a couple of hours. What? Hmm. Yeah, this... What? I, don't we have, like, guidance counselors in schools for... Don't we pay them money to deal with things like this? You would think, right? Like, I was like, what is good... What what is what, what's good gonna come from this situation? None. Like the child is just gonna end up thinking that every cop he sees from now on is an evil turd who comes to throw him in jail. Like he's too young to rationally think about this. That's a fact. Are you kidding? Like then when the chief of police was reached, his quote was based on the report, standard operating procedures were followed. Word. What? You're telling me there's a standard operating procedure for arresting an eight-year-old with special yeah, needs? Eight. Like, if there's a if there's a if there's a standard protocol for that, maybe rewrite the protocol. That's I'm just saying. So true. I mean, it's, it's like you said, like somebody like I I am sure while I was in elementary school, a kid punched a, a teacher. I know that had to have happened at some point in time that I was in elementary school and no cops were called. The law enforcement was not involved in that situation because they're in single digits. What? Like, Bro, like and when I said 13 being the lowest, that I meant like you violent. Know, this, this person. Yeah. yeah. Violent but stuff. Like, yeah. I mean, I was in high school, in high school, you know, 16, 17, and I've seen kids punch a teacher and then yeah. they just get they just get expelled like they don't get arrested yeah but. exactly i remember the two two girls got in a fight in eighth grade and uh and a little teeny little real skinny teacher tried to break it up he she got walloped she got she just got demolished she came into the middle of that fight and both girls just started beating the crap out of her and i was like oh sorry get the teacher out of there she's getting she's getting murdered right it was bad Right? And they, they, but no, no cops were called in that case. I'm just saying. It's like they're, they're eight. Eight, Jake. Eight. Man. Crazy. Crazy. Let's, uh, let's take a break. We are going to take a break. We're going to hear from our fantastic guests, the one and only, the lonely ones, with the lonely one right here on the Doc G Show. Screaming in my head keeps me up. 
here on the Doc G Show. Spinnaker Radio, WSKRLP 95.5 FM in Jacksonville, Florida. Jake, the folks at home need to check out the podcast. And as I was telling you before we came on the air, those those Moscow folks, they are they are they are they are they are getting to the podcast, my friend. They are getting there. And they're special. They are special. They are getting it done. And more people need to do that. You need to go on Spreaker. You need to go on Stitcher. You need to go on TuneIn. You need to go on Apple. You need to go on SoundCloud, wherever you do it. Word. And download our podcast, you know? And as I said last show, you don't actually have to listen to it. Just make me feel good. Just go in there and just click on it a whole bunch of times. And I'll check our analytics at the end of the week and be like, oh my God, look at all these people listening. You'll done your good deed. Sure, we won't yeah. actually have any more listeners on the show, but at least it'll make me feel better, right? Yeah. False. And you can get your city on the shout-out list. Exactly. So exactly. God, it all works out. It all works out. Just do it for us. Make us feel good, folks. Yes! Then check out the website, www.docgshow.com. You can go back and check all... By the way, Jake, I decided this, uh, this week... Every day, I think, from now on, because I have, because we have such a back catalog of shows, I'm just going to start recommending every single day on Instagram a new, uh, an old show to go back to. You know, that's actually a fantastic idea. You know, the throwback show for that day. Go check it out. You know, just hey, this one, check it out. Hey, this one, check it out. Because we've got 185 shows, Jake. 185. It's been been yeah. some shows cataloged. Speaking though of the folks that already listen to the show, it's time for shout outs, Jake. Now I'm gonna give you the choice. Where do you want to start? Do you want to start regulars or do you want to start at the newcomers? Hmm. Let's start with the regulars and okay. get warmed up. Okay. And then uh we'll we'll uh we'll progress from there. You, you'll 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 hear me go through the 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 long list of uh, yeah. of regulars. Okay. Here we go. Yeah. <clears throat> Jacksonville, Florida, all the areas around Jacksonville, St. John, uh, Orange Park, uh, Riverside, uh, Neptune Beach, Atlantic Beach, uh, Southside, uh, Downtown, all the places, all the places. Shout out to all of our Jacksonville listeners. Columbia, South Carolina, shout, shout out. out to the home of the Gamecocks. Gainesville, Florida, shout out to the home of the Gators. Shout Radford, out. Virginia, shout out to the home of the Highlanders. Shout Dublin, out. Ireland, shout out to the regular Highlanders shout of out. Ireland. Word. Shout out to Boardman, Oregon. Our Shout West Coast out. Connection. Shout out to Charlotte, North Carolina, Queen Shout City. Out. Shout out to Charleston, South Carolina. Shout, Shout out to out. Barcelona, Spain, one of our international Shout listeners. Out. Shout out to Ashburn, Virginia, our original Shout Commonwealth out. listener. Shout out to Roanoke, Virginia, the Star City. Shout, Shout out. out to Kenner, Louisiana, the home Shout of out. New Orleans. What? Shout out to Madison, Tennessee, right beside Nashville. Shout out. Shout out to Mountain View, California, Shout our out. first West Coast Connection. Shout out to London, 
London, United Kingdom, all the areas around London. Shout out to Orlando, Florida, home of the NBA bubble. Starting up on Monday, Jake, playoffs. Shout out. Yes. Uh, Peoria, Illinois. Shout out to Peoria. Shout out to Genoa, Italy. Shout out to Brighton, United Kingdom. Shout out to Bristol, Virginia, home of the original country music. Shout out to Moscow, our big time listeners right now. Shout out to Fisherville, Mm. Virginia. And lastly, shout out to Columbus, Georgia. Regulars, Jake. Regulars. You know, super, it's super awesome. Yeah. That Moscow and Dublin mm-hmm. are regulars on this show. Mm-hmm. That's killer. Mm-hmm. Not only that, don't forget our others, Genoa, Italy, and and Barcelona, yeah. Spain. Yeah. It gets me fired yeah. up, all the international listeners, and United Kingdom, uh, both Brighton and uh, and London. So I mean, true. all of those folks listen regularly. Sweet. And, you know, it's a special place in my heart for those international listeners. Love it. Love it. Uh, okay. Semi-regulars, Jake. Semi-regulars. Austin, Texas. Like Austin. Austin's a nice place there. It's a good place. Uh, Chicago, Illinois. Shout out to Chicago. No doubt some uh, Steepwater Band fans right there taking a listen. Thanks, guys. Winfield, West Virginia. Yes. Named after General Winfield. Old Fussin' Feathers right there. San Diego, California. Shout out to San Diego. Indianapolis, Indiana. Shout out to Indianapolis. Uh, uh, a past regular here, Hamburg, Germany. They're past regular. Thanks for listening, guys. Come back to that regular spot. Arlington, Virginia, our last semi-regular. Okay, Jake, time for a little uh, newcomers. So Sweet. the newcomers today, they're both part of metro areas that we've had the city that they're a part of on. But these are smaller cities, so I figured I'd give them a, a shout-out, you know? They deserve they, their own shout-out. Yeah, exactly. So uh, yeah. first on the list, Troy. Troy, Michigan. Shout-out shout out. to Troy. It's uh, northwest of Detroit. So okay. it's about, you know, 10 miles. 10 miles northwest of uh, the center of Detroit there. Uh Interesting. You know the e-gamer Ninja? Have you ever Mm. heard of that dude? Ninja? Oh, dude, he's killer. Yeah. He's he's from Troy. That's right. He's from Troy. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if he's listening. He's played Fortnite with Drake and Travis Scott and Juju Schuster. Yeah. 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 That dude dude makes $500,000 from streaming per month. Wait, what? That's pretty awesome. A month? Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. It's not bad for playing video games, you know? Not bad. Also, I'd like to say, obviously, I know how interstates work, Jake, but I still think this is cool. Uh, Interstate 75, that's just like 60 miles away from downtown Jacksonville, runs right through the downtown of Troy. Dang. Yeah, it's pretty cool. that far? Yeah, it goes straight up there, man. Straight all the way up there. Like, I Googled it. Once I hop on 75, be a short 1,015 miles to Troy. There you go. Easy money. Yeah, easy money. Just drive straight up. It's pretty wild. Like, I mean, you know, if, if I actually lived right beside uh, right beside 75, you could say, yeah, Troy's just down the road. Technically, you're right. It's just down the road. Technically. It's 1,015 miles, but it's just down the road. Shout out to Troy. Thanks for listening. That's uh, That's our first. Our second, Jake. 
West Jordan, Utah. Shout out. Shout out. Right there. West Jordan, which is part of uh, Salt Lake City. It's part of the metro oh, okay. area of Salt Lake. And uh, I went on Google Maps, Jake, and I noticed, like, when you put in West Jordan and West Jordan pops up on the maps, there, you know, there are a few attractions that are highlighted at that level. I noticed one of them that's highlighted. Hmm. Altitude Trampoline Park. Say what? Yeah. yeah. So do you, Yeah. Have, okay. you, so have you have you have you hit up any trampoline parks, Jake? Have you been a part of there's, those? There's one in uh, Columbia. It's it's weird. It's like a it's an ice skating rink mm-hmm. and a trampoline park and oh. a CrossFit gym all in one. Oh wow, that's a and lot so, of things. Jeez. Yeah, man, dude. I I went there for like twelve straight hours. Wow. Nice. And had a blast. Yeah, I don't doubt it. I need I need to go to one before I become too old and feeble to really handle one. You know, I need oh, to get. Oh, dude. And and they also have a ninja warrior course in oh, there also. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah. I'm I, like in general though. I'm a big fan of trampolines. Yes. Uh, you, you're you're familiar with the magic pony that is our friend B Bev. Um, no, yeah. B Bev once rented a house strictly because it had a trampoline in the backyard. That's a fact. That was the only reason he rented the house. And uh, then he had a housewarming party for that house. I literally spent three and a half hours on that trampoline during the party. Sweet. And I was like the only person at the party that was on the trampoline. Like nobody else wanted to join me on the trampoline, but I didn't care. I, I made myself nauseous from being on the trampoline for too long. It was yeah. It was a fantastic time. You, I enjoyed you it. You know what's real fun? You what? know what's real fun? Hmm. If you take if you have a basketball goal and you put the trampoline oh, yeah. underneath. Yeah. Yeah. That's, good that's some good balling right there. That that sort of, I mean, you know, you don't get it. I mean, it's still pretty fun, but the uh, the uh, pool basketball court, those are always fun, you know? Yes. I mean, obviously, you don't get the same acrobatics, but it's just a good time in a pool. It's always fun. Me, uh, me, Cedric, and Elliot, we got down on some pool balling one time. It's nice. Nice. Cedric. Uh, yeah, big big Cedric. Um. Anyways, I got I got sidetracked off of West Jordan. West Jordan also has Bingham Copper Mine, which is the largest open mine in the world. Word. It's it's you know, it looks like just a giant crater in the in in the ground. It's two and a half miles wide and three fourths of a mile deep. Jeez. It like literally Oof. looks like a man made Grand Canyon. It's wild. It's crazy. That's kind of cool. Apparently, more copper has been uh, dug out of the earth anywhere in the world than right there. That's the biggest, the most copper ever came from Bingham Copper Mine. So there you go. West West Jordan. Boom. Shout out to West Jordan. Shout out to everybody that's listened. Thank you. We've got uh, uh, one story, Jake, real quick here. This is the other story. So real quick, let's head back. Another Florida story. So... Jake, there's a couple things I consider myself pretty good at. Not too many, but there's a couple. Now, one thing that I consider myself good at is making analogies. That's a fact. You are are good. I think I'm pretty good. Like Whether it's a a funny hyperbole, whether it's a, a philosophical learning tool, I think I can make an analogy for it, you know? And this past week, I discovered uh, Governor Ron DeSantis and Martin County Superintendent Lori Gaylord 
They're not good at making analogies. Nope. Not. Not good. Nope. So, uh, Ron was explaining to the media reopening public schools in Florida. And while he was explaining the reopening, he said, quote, She viewed reopening her schools as a mission akin to a Navy SEAL operation. Hmm. Just as the SEALs surmounted obstacles to bring Osama bin Laden to justice, so too would the Martin County school system find a way to provide parents with a meaningful choice of in-person instruction or continued distance learning. Word. End quote. Oh, man. Jake. Just get get rid of that superintendent. Jake, that's quite possibly the worst analogy I've ever heard. That's a fact. And it came, and yeah. think about it, it came from the combined minds of a school superintendent and a governor. Like, the governor was like, you know what? That's good enough. I want to mention that in my press conference. Blam. Like, uh, Jake, if I were to give you an analogy of Ron using that analogy, it would be like a toddler trying to fit a square block into a round hole. It just doesn't work. There's the analogy yeah. for you. They're it's, not the same. No. No. Like, I mean, th- literally, there's only one thing in that analogy that, that makes sense. It's a group of people that have to make a hard decision. That's it. That's the only two things that are the same between Navy SEALs trying to kill Osama bin Laden and a group of administrators and teachers trying to teach again. Like, that's the... the all, Like, in that analogy, who is Osama bin Laden? Hmm. The kids? The virus? Hmm. Are the teachers the Navy SEALs? The minister? Like, is the virus a terrorist? Are the kids? What the f- is going on in this analogy? It makes no sense. Plus, you know, I mean, this may just be a, a philosophical difference I have between these folks, but I mean, I don't want any administrators or teachers going into the school year with the same mindset as an elite fighting unit on a mission to kill a heavily armed terrorist. Nope. Like, it's not the mindset. What are they teaching down there? (laughs) Yeah, it's not the mindset that I want. Like, you know, I mean, usually doesn't work that well when you're working with seven-year-olds. But, I mean, you know, if you're locking them up at eight, I guess you have to get them ready, you know? That's a fact. Gotta prepare them. But just my mindset, you know, more flies with honey. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying, yeah. guys. Uh, I kind of have a little a little side story off of that, Ben. Oh, go for it. Did you hear about the school that said that they're doing all virtual, and they've come out and stated that going to virtual class in your pajamas will not be allowed? Word. Uh, hmm. Huh. Okay. Interesting, right? Yeah, but, not as good as yours. No analogies. No well, pornography. <laughs> But <laughs> well, I mean, I just, I mean, I guess they didn't want the blurred line of like somebody showing up in just their boxers, you know. So they just said like all night attire, like you know, they didn't know how to frame it because like uh, just like your normal two set pajama seems pretty pedestrian. That seems pretty strange, you know. Yeah. But I, I figured they were they were worried about the uh, the the follow up. The, you know, uh, Jake, I've got one more story. This one's really quick. So this is a feel Go good ahead. story. This is a, a lot of people probably heard about this, but the famous actor Dennis Quaid, you know, Dennis Quaid, 
right? Oh yeah, yeah. He he adopted a cat from a from a rescue shelter in Lynchburg, Virginia. Sweet. Now, obviously, that doesn't seem like news, right? But the reason why this made the news was because the cat he rescued was named Dennis Quaid. They had named the cat Dennis Quaid. And so they were like, all right. And when talking about this new cat, Dennis Quaid said, uh, quote, it was really off the wall, but we couldn't resist, you know? So, Jake, in news, in, in light of this news, I would like to announce that I have two cats up for adoption. Yes! One Michael Jordan and one named M- Emily Ratajkowski. Sweet. Uh, and they can only be picked up by people with those names. If those folks would like to come and pick up my cats, feel free. Feel free. I'm just saying. Just say it. Hopefully it'll work for me. A, yeah. I'm a, I'm not going to be picking up your cat. Nope. No. No, you will not. Because Jake will instantly die of allergies when he picks up the cat. So we have learned that already. All right. Jake, last birthday suit here before we go to break. Well, not last. Second birthday suit before we go to break. Okay, I gave this one, I'm pretty confident in this one too, 92%. I think it actually could be higher than that, but I I just wasn't. I mean, I'm pretty, anyways. Born on August 16, 1962 in Concord, Massachusetts. Chew sits. Didn't screw it up. There you go. Got to keep it. Got to keep going. Uh, Our birthday suit wear was the son of a psychiatric nurse and an electrical engineer. Some studious parents there. Our uh, birthday suit wear ended up going to Denison University in Granville, Ohio and earning a degree in history. But while he was there, he found his love of acting in the improvisational comedy troupe, the Burpees CD Theatrical Group. He also was a disc jockey at the radio station, W-Dub. I like their call letters there for their uh, radio station. That's cool. Dub dub, man. Dub dub. Sweet. Uh, after he graduated for a short time, he took a job as a mail carrier, but he quit because he wanted to perform an act. He caught a big break in 1991 when he made it into the Second City Theater Group, which Second City Theater Group is out of Chicago. They've launched all kinds of... Of famous actors, Stephen Colbert, Chris Farley, John Belushi, Tina Fey, Amy Poehler, Mike Myers, much more, including this person. He caught another big break when he became a correspondent on The Daily Show from 2001 to 2005. In 2005, he took the role, which he is still known as Best, which would be Michael Scott, the regional manager of Dunder Mifflin on the show The Office. Steve, Steve Carell. Steve Carell, Steve Carroll, correct. Yes. Yes. Steve Carell. Um, being in movies, obviously, like uh, Anchorman, 40-Year-Old Virgin, Little Miss Sunshine, Evan Almighty, uh, Get Smart, Despicable Me, Crazy Stupid Love, The Big Short, Vice, and many more. There you go. Steve Carell, man. Yes! I would I would say uh, Michael Scott's his best known, wouldn't you? Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, for for sure. You know, last last week I actually watched. There's one movie he's not as known for, but uh-huh. he he killed it. It's called uh, Fox Catcher. Mm. Uh, 
with Channing Tatum. They talk about the team fox catcher. He plays John it, Dupont. Oh uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I remember when that came out. That wasn't. That's not too old, right? It's like 2016 or something like that. Yeah, it's. It just never really got that much hype, but he. Killed like it. When you first start watching it, you don't even recognize it's him because he's coming from comedy and he's being thrown serious. into this yeah. serious drama. Well, he was and, always uh, like a good actor. Like, I mean, he just, he's also good at uh, being funny, you know? So, yeah. I mean, yeah, he's, he's killed it. I don't know. I don't know what my, I really, I, Crazy Stupid Love's pretty, pretty cool movie. I like that movie. That's a good one. Yes! Uh, Ryan Gosling is very funny in that movie. Ryan Gosling shows his funny bone in that movie. That's right. It's pretty funny. It's pretty solid. Uh, anyways, we got to take a break. Oh, side note, too. Steve Carell, four years younger than Madonna. Jeez. Who would have thought that? Oh. Right? Look, look at those two. I, I, don't, I wouldn't have guessed that. I would definitely say Steve Carell's older, but there you go. He's not. Four years younger than Madonna. Steve Carell, happy birthday. Turn of the big 5-8. Jake, we are going to take a break. We will be right back. Jimmy Tolan from The Lonely Ones right here on The Doc G Show. The Doc G Show. Because sometimes you need something playing in the background. Every Wednesday at 7 p.m. on 99.5 FM. Spinnaker. This is 95.5 Spinnaker Radio. WSKRLPFM, UNF Jacksonville. Welcome back to the show, everybody. Today, we are very lucky to have a bassist and singer for the Lonely Ones who just released their cover of the Queen song, Flash. Mr. Jimmy Tolan. Jimmy, how are you, sir? What is going on? How you doing, buddy? I'm doing good, man. I am doing very good. So for the uh, listeners out there that don't know, uh, like I said, Jimmy's the bassist and one of the singers do a lot of harmonizing in The Lonely Ones. They are out of uh, Columbus, Ohio. And uh, they're made up of Jimmy on bass, Marty on guitar, uh, Jake on guitar, and Tommy on drums. They officially formed about a year ago. And uh, they've been playing for a lot longer than that in a in a pretty popular band, Boba Flex. Yes! But they just switched over, made a new reincarnation known as the Lonely Ones. Uh, so, first question, Jimmy. Obviously, uh, 2020 not really the way that you guys wanted to start off in the Lonely Ones. Nope. Uh, God, that's right. <laughs> you guys, you guys used. I mean, you toured like crazy in Boba Flex. I'm guessing that you had planned on doing the same with the Lonely Ones. How many shows did you have to cancel in March? You know, man, I don't know the exact number that we actually canceled, but the real hitter was the negotiations that just stopped in the middle of it. Mm. I'm gonna, I'm gonna guess that between us personally doing it and our booking agent, there was a couple dozen shows that stopped like just cut off that we were you know doing the phone calls back and forth mm -hmm. negotiating everything and all of a sudden you just got to call that person and go never mind <laughs> yeah probably i mean you guys because you guys in boba flex did 150 100 100 100 so shows a year so you were every no, time yeah so you were no doubt in all of those talks and then just shut off yep 
it was a nightmare. It, it, it still is kind of, um, yeah. we've been fortunate enough to transition in, you know, we're selling a lot of merch still. So For that's sure. been okay as far as keeping the business alive, but man, it's, you know, it's, it's a complete about face to what we're used to. Like you said, yeah. all I'm used to doing is traveling the country and playing every night. Yeah. Well, uh, let's let's take the listeners back before we get up to that that current situation. You didn't grow up with the rest of the band. The rest of the band grew up in the area where you guys are sort of out of in the Ohio, West Virginia sort of area. You grew up in Seattle, and uh, I heard it was your dad and a, and a heavy dose of Guns N' Roses that really uh, that really got you into music. Uh, what was enticing about GNR? Jesus, man, you did your research. Good work. <laughs> Uh, yeah, man. I, I remember just being real, real young. Like I'm talking five, six years old. My dad playing, um, my dad playing appetite for destruction Mm -hmm. real loud. This is when cassettes were kind of transitioning into CDs being Mm -hmm. the norm. Mm -hmm. And, uh, God, he would show up and it'd be blaring. Uh, (laughs) and I thought that was so cool. Just hearing it as loud as could be. And I, I started, you know, looking at the inside of the cassettes. They didn't really have booklets, Mm -hmm. you know, like CDs do or records. But so I would just look at these little tiny microscopic pictures. And I remember at like six or seven years old, probably seeing Slash with his hair over his face mm-hmm. and a cigarette in his mouth. And in like knowing deep in my soul, <laughs> oh, I want to do that. <laughs> Whatever that is, I need that in my life. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's hard. Sometimes you, at least I do, sometimes I forget how impactful appetite is when it's played loud like the difference yeah all of a sudden you hear welcome to the jungle at this blasting level and you're like oh oh right this is intense i forgot it was it sounds like it was recorded at that volume and it sounds like that's the volume that it should have been played at you know and it it really it's it is the most encapsulated small perfectly digestible vibe of what it's like to be in a rock and roll band they put it to they put it to wax for sure. perfectly, and no one's ever done it as well. For sure. What, what would you say your favorite GNR song is? Man, that's tough. It's so easy. Maybe. Yeah. Nice. Pro- probably. I I change all the time. Yeah. But probably it's so easy. Nice. Night Train, Rocket Queen. I'm a I'm an appetite purist, but I love Use Your Illusion as well. Uh, so you know you can even go with You Could Be Mine. Of that record that was originally written for Appetite. Yeah, it's amazing with I mean with Appetite, it's one of those few CDs albums that I can go through easily and love every single song. Like every single song is amazing, which is hard for me to say because even though I do like albums, I'm not really that album guy that just goes on the whole experience usually, but with Appetite, easy. Easy, no problem yeah. at all. It's well- all great man when you're when your worst song on a record is anything goes yeah. you know you've made such a good record exactly that you you know that's a once in a lifetime accomplishment exactly man it seems like uh, uh gnr especially around that time came out a little bit in your look you got you got the hair going like somewhere in between izzy and slash yeah and then <laughs> then you've got the tall lean look like uh like uh duff you know i mean you know yeah no blonde hair but you got the long lean look so you're you you could you could maybe stand in 
if they needed another one, you know, you could stand in. Yeah, give them my number and let them know. <laughs> well, I I found it a little bit funny, you know, because you you grew up in uh, the epicenter of grunge, and you were really around the sort of stark peak of grunge, uh, and you got in interested. I won't say in the opposite because Guns N' Roses, uh, you know, not the opposite of grunge, but they definitely weren't grunge. Did you uh, yeah. did you eventually did you get in to the heavy hitters of the area Alice in Chains and and Pearl Jam Soundgarden Nirvana No and you know not that I take anything away for it because I, I do I guess I do enjoy uh, some of like Alice in Chains a little mm-hmm. bit but uh, mm-hmm. I've, I've that vibe growing up there um, I came you know much later than that I was born when all that was was you know really starting to fade get out. put out yeah but grow. Growing up, uh, you know, it, it felt like it stuck around and that kind of became the Seattle identity. Mm-hmm. Uh, for If you wanted to be a rock musician, you were going to sound like Nirvana or Alice in Chains. And mm-hmm. that, was, that was it. Mm-hmm. And it really, like, it's like anything when you grow up with something kind of forced upon you. Major you have this, yeah, in, yeah this, this just, no, I don't want to do that. I want to do something else. Yeah. And Guns N' Roses was very frowned upon. The Rolling Stones <laughs> were very frowned upon. These very, like high energy outgoing yeah middle finger kind of rock and roll bands were really passe yeah if you were growing up in seattle in the 2000s yeah and sure. so it 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 really to me just gave it that much more appeal mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah I, I i i could definitely see that that's what that's what i imagined was the case you sort of there's always that there's, there's that flip sort of back and forth in rock and you just sort of go back and forth you strip it back to the basics of rock and you know, the next generation that comes along sees it and says, what are these guys doing? They should be doing what those yeah. guys before them were doing. That was better. They yeah. go back to that. Um, so what actually got you into guitar? Uh, kind of all those pictures of Slash, man. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it branches out from there, but, it was, you know, my dad was very much, uh, you know, he was very much the, the guy that got me into that sort of stuff. And he was mm-hmm. just, he was always watching music videos of bands. He, like, he would collect you know, the, the DVD compilations and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, just watching videos of Joe Perry playing on, you know, Don Kirshner's rock orchestra or whatever it would have yeah. been. Old Grey Whistle Test or something. Yeah. Um, just all that, you know, you grow up around it. You're you're going to start gravitating towards that stuff. And it seemed like uh, all the girls were interested in either the guitar players or the singers. Yeah. And I couldn't sing at the time. <laughs> Uh, so I decided I would try my hand at guitar yeah. and, uh, that, you know, that slowly transitioned into bass guitar, yeah. but that, it was really that man. I mean, I, I started playing guitar at about 15 and there's one thing on a 15 year old kid's mind. That's how can I trick girl into liking me? <laughs> that's very true. Yes. Uh, well, did you actually play in bands as the guitarist before you switched over to bass or did you join your first band as, you know, as a guitarist, and then they said, "Hey, we already got a guitarist," and you switched to bass. I I spent high school trying and failing to get bands off the ground uh, as a guitar player, mm-hmm. and then a major change happened when I moved away from uh, Tacoma, which is the actual s- smaller town I grew up in. Yeah, um, moved away from there to Ohio, mm-hmm. and really tried to make it as a guitar player, and had this revelation, man, that uh, just because you're the best guitar player in your high school does not mean that you're any good at all. <laughs> and it was a kind of a rude awakening. Uh, yeah. 
And at the same time, I had this reawaken. I was getting, I was getting asked not to come on stage at, at you know open mic jams and stuff. Whoa! And uh, oh yeah, it was harsh. It was it was a it was a pretty big ego hit to a 19 year old for sure. Yeah. And uh, right at the same time, I, um, I I got in touch with some guys who were actually in a band that was managed by Marty from Boba Flex mm-hmm. and the Lonely Ones, mm-hmm. um, and they needed a bass player. Uh, so that was it was pretty much one of those opportunities where it was like, well. You can either not you can be either not in a band playing guitar or you can be in a band playing bass. Yeah, and it was an obvious choice to me at that point. So sure. I, I kind of just made the transition and never looked back. For sure, for sure. Well, so you didn't move out to Columbus to be in the to to be in the band or to try out for Boba Flex. It was for other reasons. No, I did it just to pursue a musical career. I knew it would be. Um, I had a short list of of places I wanted to move to mm-hmm. and. I really could only have figured I could afford Columbus, Ohio. It wasn't going to be LA. It wasn't going to be New York. And I didn't think that I could, I could afford rent in Austin, Texas either. Yeah. It fell down to Columbus, Ohio. And you know, some, sometimes gambling on the cheapest spot works out, I guess. There you go. Well, so it's, it's been your home home base for a good while now for, you know, eight years or so. And uh, yeah. I love to ask this question. I ask it to all, all my guests, really, about their hometown. If I come to Columbus and I call you up and say, Jimmy, I've got one night in Columbus. I need the best place to eat. Hmm. Where are you going to tell me to eat? Ooh, best place to eat? What are you into, specifically? I mean, whatever. Give, give me your passing fancy right now. Whatever you're really feeling right. right now. I okay. I love like greasy, super unhealthy yes. stuff with syrup yes. on it and eggs. And I love breakfast food, nice. partly also. Uh-huh. But I'm going to force you to go to uh, Melt on High Street. Oh, and you get you got to get the full. I don't know if they have melts down there in uh, no, they don't in Florida. But. but it's like it's a it's a like a uh, what was it? gourmet grilled cheese joint. Yeah. Basically. Yeah, uh, actually, it, our guys in Tropidelic. I don't know if you ever heard the group Tropidelic, who are out of Cleveland. Yes, I do. I've I've played some shows alongside Tropidelic, filling in with uh, with my buddies in Zoo Tripping. Yes, yes, they told us. I don't know if you know those guys or not, I but do. yeah, I know them. Yeah, they uh, they were on the show and they told us we needed to go to Melt. So you were you same same like minds there. They wanted to yeah, hit up. It sounds melt. like you need to go to Melt. Is what I'm hearing. <laughs> I mean, you said you're going to force me to go to this greasy place. There's no forcing with that. I will, I will head there, head there, volunteer yeah, I'll have my to drag way. You away. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, good. Now, now that I got my uh, food recommendation, I can move on with music. Yes! <laughs> now, one of the coolest things I thought, at least, you know, looking up Boba Flex and sort of following Boba Flex, was that you guys. I, I don't know if I'd say fiercely independent. But you were independent, and you know yeah. all independent releases. Uh, yet your streams were right up there with really. I mean, you know, some of the major record label artists. You had millions of streams on songs and whatnot. What do you think? Some of the positives and negatives are about being independent like that. The positives are kind of come along with the word independent. There's mm-hmm. nobody out there that can tell us what to do except the audience, I guess, mm-hmm. um, if they want to, you know, if they want to vote with their dollar. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we're really not, we're not cutting a major, huge portion of the pie off to a bunch of other people. Yeah. Um, and, you know, if, if whatever amount of money comes in, we pay our bills, but 
after that, all that money is ours to do with what we please. Yeah. We can pay ourselves. We can save it back for later for other, you know, ventures we may want to put it into. Yeah. Um, and, and that's the biggest positive is that there's, nobody's taking from us, whether it's creatively or financially. For sure. The downside is that being independent, you're not... You're not giving anything away to anybody else, but you're also not getting anything from anyone, yeah. it, you know, that's higher up than you. Yeah. No, nobody does favors for the independent band, which is fine. That's, you know, I'm not owed any favors. Yeah. But it's a, it's definitely a slower grind. Yeah. Um, you don't, it's not going to be, you put your band together and then two years later, you're playing, you know, you're playing mini arenas or, you know. 2,500 seaters. It just does not work that way. Yeah. Because there's a lot of money put into those bands to gain that promotion. And it, it seems like to me there's, you know, it's a little bit of the good old boy situation where, you know, the bands that are already with the labels, it's sort of like, it's not that they shun the the independents, but they just know they're not... It, it's like it's it's like we know we're not going to get what we want out of these people, so we're not inviting them to our parties. Like, you know, yeah. oh, without a doubt, without a doubt, yeah, which is fine. You know, yeah. we, we, we found, um, we found some semblance of success, uh, on our own, you know, before I was in Boba Flex and since, yeah. And you know, I, I can, I can wear that badge till the day I die for sure. Uh, but I also take nothing away from, you know, from the people that wouldn't do us favors. Like I said, we're not owed anything just because we play guitars loud. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, you, you you started when you started in Boba Flex, like you said, they were already a pretty veteran group. Uh, you know, they've yeah. been they've been going for over you know almost a decade by that time. Were you uh, intimidated when you first started the group? Were you like, man, these guys these guys have been going for a bit? Oh, got to step my game up. It, yeah, kind of in a way. It was it was really more so that like you know I was I was twenty one when I joined the band and. You know, I'm I'm around guys that know what they're doing. So like everything yeah. that I was sure about, I you know all of a sudden you're not sure about it. If that makes <laughs> sense, yeah. The industry all of a sudden gets a lot bigger because I was used to negotiating over a hundred dollars with some greasy promoter in a hundred person club. Yeah, and I could I could do that all day as a 21 year old. But now all of a sudden the stakes are a lot higher. Yeah, and you really are not sure what you're sure about because yeah. you don't want to make a mistake in front of anybody. Yeah. Uh, and also, they were just the most famous people I'd ever met at that point in time, too. Coming yeah. out of, you know, little dive bar stuff. Mm -hmm. It was, you know, it was a little bit of, like, a tiny bit of shell shock, yeah. I guess. So, you you were with them for, you know, eight, well, seven years or so. And then last year, Sean, uh, one of the founding members and, and Marty's brother, he decides he's going to step out of the music scene, uh, needs to spend time with his family. He's not going to be in the band anymore. And it seemed like you, Marty, Jake, and Tommy never really questioned continuing on making music. But how did you decide on, you know, okay, Boba Flex, done. We're going to the Lonely Ones now. The, the decision was, honestly, I don't even know how many days it was, but I can tell you that I, we, Marty and I specifically walked around parking lots till I put holes in the bottom of my boots because <laughs> he and I both walk and talk. Yeah. Um, but, man, it... it the the decision to not carry on as Boba Flex was made almost immediately, um, just because it two reasons. One, it felt creatively dishonest. Sean was such a massive part of the creative flavor of Boba Flex. His kind mm -hmm. of comic book, almost almost bizarro, I guess, in a in a positive way, mm -hmm. uh, writing style. Mm -hmm. um, 
that it, it felt like it, we would be lying to people if we sold our fours music as Boba Flex. Yeah. Uh, and then on top of that, too, Sean still has every intention of continuing to occasionally write a song. And when they put a song out, you know, as Boba Flex, and if we had carried on as Boba Flex, that would preclude him from doing that. Yeah. Which is not anything one to do. Nice. So the, the right move seemed like to make a clean break with the four of us mm-hmm. uh, and carry on as a new band. And yeah. we we had that decision made by, before it was public that Sean was quitting. Nice. So it was already... So it, 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 to the public, it looked like this super quick switch, boom, pow. But yeah. you guys have been thinking about it for a good while before. Yeah, it, it really did happen pretty quick, but there was no time for us to not make fast decisions. It, it was probably about a week to 10 days between when Sean told us he was going to be leaving and when we went public with it. So we had a lot of decisions to make in that week or so. Yeah. For sure. Well, now I've heard both you and you, you sort of referenced it right there, but I've heard you and Marty say that even though, you know, you've got all members of Bubble Flex, uh, with the exception of Sean now, um, you've got a different sound. But how, how would yeah. you say that sound has changed for the people that are used to Bubble Flex? What, what's changed? It is more, I guess. Straight ahead rock. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm trying to think of the right term. I've not been able to find it yet. <laughs> but, you know, hard rock, you know, which Boba Flex was, but there was always some, uh, there was always some some strange characteristics to it. And there's not as much of that uh, bizarro aspect that I talked about before. Yeah. Which Sean was exceptionally good <laughs> at taking kind of those never before written about topics and putting those into a rock song that, you know, could put get put on the radio. Yeah. And, I don't think any of us really have that style. So it's it's really more of, you know, the the bands we grew up listening to, right? Like, yeah, Aerosmith, uh, Guns N' Roses. Marty's a huge Metallica fan. Loves Tool. Mm. A lot of that more straight down the middle kind of rock. Yeah, we just still love to put Queen vocals on stuff. Nice. Put that harmony in there. Nice. Exactly. Um, well, I this is this is a little bit more of a question for Marty, but since he's not here, I'm gonna ha- I'm gonna have to ask you sort of relay it. Um, I saw that Marty actually has ancestral ties to the famous Hatfield and McCoy. What? Do you know anything about that? Is that true? Yeah, yeah. That's that's a hundred percent true. Um, they they grew up about I want to say fifty or seventy miles from the origin of the Hatfield and McCoy feud, which yeah. I believe happened basically at the tri-state intersection of Kentucky, West Virginia, and Ohio. Yeah. Um, and th- yeah, they, they are their direct blood descendants Man. via their dad. Man. Uh, and what's the story? It started over a pig theft or something like that. I think there was something real stupid. There there was something longer before that. So I think, I think what it was, and I don't know, I have to check the history again on it, but I, I I used to look when I was, when I was in a lot of history classes, I I went back and I looked at it, but I think it was one of the McCoys uh, was in the uh, union army. And he was actually okay. killed by the Hatfields first, but that didn't start the feud. Like that just sort of like simmered it, and then the pig yeah. thing happened, and that's when they were just like, "Well, f- 
people. They 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 already yeah. killed one of our guys. Now they killed a pig. Yeah. Come on, like this, now they got my pig, man. Yeah. Not my pig. The pigs were important in the 1880s or whatever. Exactly. So yeah, I think that was it. You haven't you haven't seen Marty get any duels when you've been on the road or anything, right? No Hatfields have came up. <laughs> no. Okay, okay. No. No. I do know that they say they try to kill each other with liquor now, not oh. bullets. Oh, okay. Well, that's nice. Heavy on the liver, but that's that's I guess a yeah. little bit safer for everybody around. There's no stray shots. A little more fun going. too. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. the The other thing that I heard from Marty about you know the lonely ones was that he talked about you as a musician, and he said you've really grown as a songwriter and a musician since he's uh, been playing with you. And yeah. I, I sort of wondered, wh- what do you think, in your opinion? What is your influence that you bring to the band as a songwriter? What do you think you sort of push into the Lonely One sound? Uh, I'm definitely the most vintage inspired, as we talked about already. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, oh, you know, as I've grown, I've got really into Thin Lizzy, uh, nice. later, later seventies Aerosmith stuff like that. My favorite thing to do, and I feel like the thing where everybody, you know, defers to me on is I love to get lost in the weeds in the really delicate parts of songs, you know, mm. I, I, Jake and Marty are both great at taking some chords, laying a killer melody over them, which mm-hmm. I can do as well. Mm. Um, but I love taking what they have and setting with it and toying with it, and writing a really intricate little guitar part that you wouldn't even notice until it's gone. You realize how much it, it really lifted the melody or yeah. something like that. That's my favorite thing to do. Nice. Set alone, you know, in my room, in my little home studio, and try different things, try different tones, try different parts, different modes, this and that. Yeah, I like it. Well, the the newest... The boring stuff. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's it, it's like you said, it's that stuff that, that people just don't notice until you take it away, and then it's like, and then they still don't even notice, they're just like, something seems off. Yeah. And something doesn't seem right about the song anymore, and then you put it back in, they're like, that's it. Now it sounds right. Yeah. So, I mean, it's... That's exactly what I like doing. Well, the newest single you guys have put out, you just put it out about a, a, a month ago, and it's a cover of the, the classic Queen song, Flash. Uh, what made yes, you, you want to do that song? We, uh, we got approached by uh, Sweetwater, the music sales yeah. company. They brought a wonderful studio out of Fort Wayne, Indiana. Mm-hmm. And we got approached... Um, our connections from Boba Flex about doing a cover uh, for a charity album they were doing. Mm. And, you know, we, I called Marty up uh, first thing. I was back actually home uh, over Christmas, I think, mm-hmm. and uh, back in the West Coast. Yeah. And called him up and I, I had, I tried to sell him on, let's do Flash Gordon by Queen. Yeah. And he, he immediately was like, no, are you crazy? I can't <laughs> sing Freddie Mercury. You're out of your mind. Yeah. And I, he hung up on me. Oh. Man. And I kept calling him back, kept calling him, kept calling him. And I, I kept making this pitch to him in between him hanging up on me of like, <laughs> dude, listen, what if it is so, that's such a lofty goal doing a clean cover that people might listen to it just to hear how awful it is. <laughs> and then we trick them into listening to it because they think it's going to be the worst thing they've ever heard. Yeah. And what if it's not? Yeah. What if they like it? And after, you know, after a couple hours of calling him back and forth, finally he went, all right, I'm sold. You know, <laughs> you take care of it, but I'm sold. Let's do it. And he hung up again. And I, I had this moment where, I don't know if you ever had this happen in your life, where you talk somebody into something and then you went, 
Oh, shit. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I can do this. I wasn't banking on anybody agreeing. Yes, yes, I know exactly what you're saying. Yeah, and then all of a sudden the realization, oh, no, we've got to do it. Oh, yeah. man. Oh, And geez. now the pressure's on me because we're all going to look stupid and everybody's going to point at me if we look stupid. So I sat at home and with uh, I sat in my mom's uh, living room trying to write out all trying to write out notes for these songs and write out my own charts. I can't read music or anything, yeah. but I wrote it out in my weird little shorthand language that I have for music, yeah. which I've never done for a song before, <laughs> and had to create sheets and sheets and sheets of notes yeah. on how each guitar harmony interacts with the different vocal harmonies and when they build, when they strip down. Yeah, It was the most maddening thing I've ever done. I felt like a crazy person when I was done. Okay. But man, it, it it really was the only reason why I was able to even wrap my head around it. It's tough. It came it came out sounding amazing, man. It sounds it sounds Thank awesome. Thank you, man. Yeah, it. Thank uh, you. I and I mean, you know, it's not it's it's not Queen. It's not you know it's it's not their version. It's it's got a Lonely Ones version to it, and like I mean, the drive yeah. of when the drive of when Marty comes in and sings to me is so much better. Than like the Queen portion. I mean, and I know, I know, of course. Don't at me, Queen fans. I'm just saying, I like <laughs> it. I like it better. Just that that because he's got more sort of grit and emotion in his voice because yeah. he can't sing that you know that high sort of uh, Freddie Mercury sound. So it's this yeah. just it's this emotion behind it. And you know, I, like I said, I think it came out fantastic. Something that I was really really proud of Marty about, and so I I feel like I can say it because I didn't sing that part. Yeah. Because I know that Freddie Mercury was concerned and asked Brian May to uh, let him sing in a different register mm -hmm. on that part that you're talking about, mm -hmm. the, uh, the the hero section of the song. Yeah. Uh, he asked him to let him sing in a lower register because he was concerned about having to sing with that much power that high. Yeah. And he wasn't sure if his vocal cords could sustain it. Yeah. And so it was it was a big scare for Freddie Mercury. He ended up killing it, of course. He's Freddie Mercury. Yeah. But I thought that that was cool that Marty came and sang that, sang that so well, this part that Freddie Mercury was scared yeah, to sing. For sure. It definitely was, you know, I, I would say an accomplishment as a singer for sure. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'm proud of him. I found it. I found it ironic too. I was actually I was watching an interview uh, with you, and it was it was a while back. It was like three years ago. You were doing it for a bass magazine, and it, it was when you guys were still Boba Flex. And the guy was talking to you, and he was talking about one of the songs, and he's like, "It reminded me a ton of Queen." Wait, what? And I was like, I just you know, and now hearing it, I was like, "Oh man." That guy, that guy must be really excited about this new song then, because now they actually did Queen. There you go. Yeah, <laughs> I, w I wonder what it was. I, if, if you get a chance, if you can find that, send that to me. I don't even remember that. I, yeah, I'd be interested to see what he thought sounded like Queen, though. I forget. There was somebody. It was. It was a. Uh, it was a Skype interview, and there was somebody behind mm -hmm. the camera that you were like, that was really excited. You're like, he's cheesing over there. He's super excited that you said Queen. I can't remember. <laughs> Uh, who who it was, but I and I can't remember what song he said. It was the most recent Boba Flex album. I don't remember what exact okay. song it was on there that huh. he said sounded like that. But yeah, I thought that was. I was watching. I was like, man, man, I gotta. I I, I want to hunt that guy down now and be like, what do you think of this? 
Now they actually do queen. Yeah, what do you think about that? That guy has a crystal ball, apparently. Exactly, exactly. So last thing, uh, I've done this with a, with a few other bands we've had on the show, but I thought since you guys are so used to being a road-touring band and probably missed the touring life, I thought maybe we'd, we'd end with some lightning round questions about the road. Ooh, yeah, do it. Okay, so two things. Obviously... You can include the time in Boba Flex when answering these, so you can go back into those. Okay. And if any time before, if there's a you know some somewhere randomly in those those times as well. And the second thing, yeah. the questions about the band, you got to try to be non-biased. You got to if, okay. if if it's not you, you can't answer you. You gotta you gotta answer okay. who it is. Okay, so first right. one, in your experience, best state to play a show outside of your local states, Ohio and West Virginia? Man, uh, I'm going to put Florida as definitely in my top three or four. Nice. I'm going to have, I got. I don't know, man, the Midwest is great kind of all around. Though. I feel like it's all so close together. Yeah. There's like a built up kind of network. Yeah. Uh, it, I, so like, you know, you could say Wisconsin, you could say Minnesota, you could say Michigan, nice. uh, just because they all kind of interconnect with each other in a way. Look. But as far as like Eastern states outside of that, I got to say Florida. Nice. Well, let, let's say, I mean, you know, when you're in Wisconsin, Michigan, it's sort of understandable. You're going to let it all hang out at a rock show because the weather sucks. Yes! So you might as well. <laughs> that's all you got going there. You might as well go to a show and see a good rock band. Like that's uh <laughs> I I still remember I was at a uh I was at my friends one of my friends shows in Nashville and they were playing on a uh they were playing on the rooftop bar and it was in the middle yeah. of December and it was like I don't know it was like 40 outside and I hate cold. And so I was out there in 40 and I was beside the like stand up heaters like oh god yeah. It's so bad out here. And then this dude walks over to me, sweating, just dripping sweat in a tank top. And he's like, dude, the weather down here is awesome. What? And I was like, where are you from? And he was like, Wisconsin. And I was like, <laughs> okay, that makes sense. All right, I guess 40 and, and chilly is good for you. That's nice. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that, man. I've got a bunch of friends down in Nashville, and I'd go down there like two or three times throughout the winter. Yeah. Because it's, you know, that's 350, 400 miles south of where I'm at. Yeah. So it's nice and warm to me. <laughs> yeah, it is It is not. It is not for me. I get below 55 and I'm like, enough. That is not, not, yeah. not anymore. No, thank you. Okay, so flip that last question. What's the worst state? If you want me to bleep it out, I can bleep it out. And we can just leave the listeners in suspense, and they won't know what you said. Okay, yeah, yeah. Can I can I tell you? I'll say I'll give you the description. You can leave the description in, but bleep okay. the bleep yeah, the state. Yeah, that, that works. That works. Uh, the the worst state to tour in is mm. bleep. Yep. Mm -hmm. Because there's nothing there. <laughs> it's okay. I don't mind. I don't mind. Yeah. But it's like. It's it's there's outside of that there's just nothing and your booking agent will always try to put you in this little spot and like but there's nobody here oh, man man I get that you tried to do something yeah but can we just go back to play again is it is at it least? is it empty in those like I mean when they when they hook you up with those shows is it like empty when you go into those venues it's a lot lighter than what we're used to yeah yeah which is just I guess law of averages if if there's not a yeah. big population around. There's not going to be people. For sure. I don't think it's a, necessarily a reflection on, you know, 
the people that do show up. For sure. For but sure. there's just less people, man. Yeah, yeah. Outside of covers that you've recorded, like Flash, what's the song that you play the most on tour? Cover song. The, oh, the most we play on tour? Uh, oh, geez. I, we've never played a cover no? that we haven't released, I don't think. No, oh, man. Dude, Boba Flex played Thunderstruck one time, <laughs> and that was it. We one played, time. <laughs> we played it one time. We spent forever figuring out how to play it and working it up and all that and getting yeah. it tight. And yeah. then played it once and played it again. Man, okay. Well, then I guess it still wins the title, though. There it is. Yeah, there it is. yeah. yeah that's by default. <laughs> What's the best band you guys have played with, played a show with, in your opinion? Ooh, that's tough, man. There's some killer, killer bands we've shared the stage with. Uh, Royal Bliss, uh, who are mm. some friends of ours, mm. are consistently... They're one of the few bands that we would like be a little concerned about going on after Man. uh which we're usually not i'm you know pretty yeah. confident in ourselves yeah uh my buddy's in a band called be it the means mm. uh they're they're from down in uh alabama not horribly far from you yeah uh they're one of the best blues rock bands i've ever seen mm. uh oh geez man uh I've done some shows with a band called Prowess who go down your way a lot too from the Carolinas. We we were just in the studio helping them record the other day. They're great live as well. Man, looks like I'm going to have to call some people up for some new interviews there. Sounds like some good ones. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, this is a good one. Who in the band gets the most girls coming up to them after the show? Me, because of my hair. Nice. Yep. That's that. I've With the other bands that I've interviewed asked that question, that always happens. Hair interested for some That's reason it. girls are just interested in the hair man i got a horrible personality but a good head of hair <laughs> uh what what show can you remember being in the worst physical condition for whether it was like hungover no sleep whatever it was what was the worst feeling you had for a show uh I drank a whole fifth of jack daniels before a show oh, in uh, wisconsin one time oh no uh, I was I was probably 22 at the time mm. and built like a stick. I'm still thin, but I was thin, thin then. Yeah. Uh, and it ran right through me, man, and it got into every pore of my body. <laughs> and there's a video of it on YouTube or Facebook or something of us playing that show. I won't tell you which one because you'll find it <laughs> and share it with everybody. Uh, but I'm, you can see me. I play fine, but I'm stumbling across the stage left and right like i'm on a like i'm on a big cruise ship that's moving well that's impressive that you still played fine i mean i can either stand cool or play fine one of the two and i had to pick play fine so i just kind of stumbled across the stage never sang just played all night well you know sort of sort of in that same vein of slash i know there have been several instances when you read his biography several instances where they had to prop him up on stage to play because he could not stand on his own. So they just sort of... Oh, yeah. Here, there you go. That's where he's going to set for tonight. And then one night, he he uh, he dropped a cigarette, and he didn't realize because he was so drunk, and it just burned a hole right through his chest because it was sitting there Jeez. for like several minutes before somebody was like, um, I'm going to take this off your chest now. <laughs> hey, you want to look at that? I've, I've done that before, not on my chest, but... Uh, other worst parts of my body oh actually, no want to burn less oh no uh, i've That's... done that before oh geez well what's the one item of your music ge- uh, outside of your music gear that you have to bring on tour <sighs> let's see what do i gotta bring out on tour uh good a good pillow mm. probably is the number one yeah that uh, is i 
I got a hundred dollar pillow for my birthday a few years ago. Nice. And uh, let me tell you, when you're bouncing down the road, maybe you're drinking a little bit, whatever, whatever, all those things lead up to a bad night's sleep. Not with a hundred dollar yeah. pillow is worth it. And I would tell anybody that goes out on the road. So, buy the nicest pillow you can afford. Solves it don't all. Don't cheap out on it. It will change your life. Nice. Uh, well, when you're driving down that road in the tour bus or tour van, tour van, who has the worst etiquette? Me. I'm. I'm. Uh, <laughs> I got a cop to that one, man. Um, I, everybody else is like real polite and and you know well behaved and quiet. Yeah. But I, man, I'm a bull in a china shop. I try not to be. <laughs> But I'm a foot taller than everybody else. Yeah. My arms are nine feet long. I knock everything off the counter. I stomp around. <laughs> I wear a ridiculous amount of jewelry that I can't take off at night. <laughs> so I, every time I roll over in my sleep, it sounds like somebody threw a thing of silverware down the stairs. Uh, it's rough. Uh, I feel bad for those guys. But hey, you do get drinks that they can't reach on higher shelves. I saw that on Instagram. So there you go. I had I had to do that again for Marty like a week later <laughs> at the same gas station headed to the same studio. He went, hey, uh, I'm not going to film it this time, but can you get that Diet Coke again? Oh, man. Oh, well, you know, you can't help it. It's not like he's going to grow anymore now. He's he's all done for growing. No. So, you know. No, the, those days are over. Unless he gets some platforms or something, starts wearing platforms. You could. Yeah, that, that might help. Maybe uh, do that thing where, like, you tie, like, your legs and your arms to yeah. different horses. with it called? Drawn and quartered? Yeah. But just do it real slowly. Maybe you do it with, like, riding lawnmowers. You know, stretch them out a little bit. Well, actually, you know, I, I heard that about Michael Jordan back in the day. He was so dead set on being tall that he would hang himself from a pull-up bar constantly just trying to elongate Stretch himself out. and it must i mean something had to work because that dude's like literally he's like a foot taller than everybody else in his family so i don't you know hey man maybe it's maybe his vertebrae got like six inches in between I, each vertebrae i don't know i don't know it's just the the will of michael jordan anyways what uh what restaurant or tour uh, or store do you guys stop at the most when on tour I'm gonna I'm gonna answer that one a little different than you're probably expecting. Okay. I'm gonna tell you about my favorite restaurant that I've discovered. Okay. On the road, that okay. uh, there's a place in Tulsa, Oklahoma, mm. right around the corner of my club called the Vanguard that I played at. Mm -hmm. uh, they host a lot of you know small punk festivals, metal festivals, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. uh, and there's a place called Kaz's Chow House. Kaz's that Chow is House. yes, C A Z apostrophe S. I think. Okay. And. It, I've gotten everything on the menu there. I'll go, like, I'll show up there early, get lunch, then go get dinner, and then I'll also have something takeout for after the show. Man. So I've probably had everything on that menu at this point, and it is all contender for the best meal I've ever had. Man. Every wow. single thing. That is it. That's if a, you're ever up in, you're, yeah, you'd be up in Tulsa for you. Yeah. Uh, if you're ever up that way, man, I'm telling you. That's a true. Go there, check it out. A true shout out to Kaz's right there, man. Yeah. <laughs> sorry to. Sorry. Hopefully they hear it. Maybe they'll give me a gift card. Sorry to melt, but you got outdone by Kaz's right here. I mean, no doubt, both of them good. But I yeah. ask you, Columbus, so it's understandable. It's all top shelf. Yeah, yeah. So last one. I think this is my favorite in the lightning round. I love this question. But who in the band takes the least amount of showers on tour? Marty. <laughs> and I like the confidence with that too. There was no question, Marty. He does not yeah. shower. Nah, Next he would time. tell you. He would tell you. <laughs>
Well, before we go, I've heard you uh, you guys talk about that you've got about like eight or so other songs recorded and ready to go. Is there any other decision or any further decision on what you're going to do with those right now? Yeah, we have a pretty good idea of what we want to do releasing for the next single. Mm-hmm. Um, but the the problem is right now is that generally we would use singles as kind of a, uh, a hype piece for tour. Mm-hmm. And make mm-hmm. that the centerpiece of the tour. Maybe you'd work up a little different version of the song for that yeah. when you release it. Whatever you want to do, no big deal. Yeah. Um, but without touring, it really it removes a lot of the financial incentive to yeah. putting out a single. Yeah. But that being said, in a time like this where all you can really do is write, record, and release music, it seems foolish not to. So we're kind of just limited by ourselves at this point of how much music are we willing to put out right now yeah. and not without running out before the you know before all of covid and everything is over yeah yeah okay so it's kind of a strange catch 22 still trying to figure out where you want to put those out without putting out too much yeah exactly i don't want to i don't want to you know put put out everything give away the whole farm for free yeah not for free but you know what i mean give away the whole farm yeah and then have nothing to do when we tour and have to pay to record a new album so it's really kind of a tough spot we'll definitely be putting out at least one, probably more singles, you know, in the end of the year. Nice. By the end of the year, I should say. Nice. Well, listeners, make sure you keep a lookout for those songs. They're coming. They're going to come eventually, so keep a lookout for them. Jimmy, I want to thank you for taking the time to talk to us today, man. It's been great. Oh, thank you, man. Thank you so much. And listeners, listeners, now I need you to listen to me. (laughs) We need to go on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Music, wherever you get your music, wherever Mm -hmm. you consume it. Mm-hmm. Just type in the lonely one. That's yep. all you need to do. There make it is. my day. Yes! There it is. There Would it is. make your day? It'd make my day. Yes! And if you want to follow Lonely Ones, you can on Facebook. You can on Instagram. On Instagram, they're at the Lonely Ones Band. Or you can go on the website, which is the official Bobaflex.com, which you can also get information about the Lonely Ones there. And if you're lucky and you're in Tulsa, you'll probably see Jimmy at Chaz's would be my guess. Yes! Just, just... Yes. Just my guess. Right now, let's take a listen to Flash by the Lonely Ones right here on the Doc G Show.
On the Doc G a show, the lonely ones. Woo! Yes. Flash. Yes. 
Yes! Yes! 70s classic right there, Jake. 70s classic. Woo! It's a jam, Well man. done. It's got drive. It's got feel. I like it. I like it a lot. And we got another place, Jake. When we go on our, our full-time, full-country road trip, we got to head to Kaz's. Kaz's Chow House. That's right. Got to... Now, if we go through on Interstate 10 all the way across the country, we're going to have to go off of Interstate 10 because Interstate 10 doesn't go all the way up to Tulsa. And we're going to have to take hey. a detour for that one. Or I don't care, man. Well, we can do this. You know, we can do a we can do a you know go down to uh, California and then turn back around. You know, and go back on a higher route. You know, we could do that. Yeah. That'll That's kind of what I had in mind. Was kind of like either start in the south or start in the north, uh, going and, yeah. north. Yeah, and then drive down the coast of California, yeah. and then, or up the coast, and then go the other way up. Yeah, so, I like that. I like uh, that. That's good. We have to plan around the seasons, you know. What? So, well, I mean, I guess we're not going that long. <laughs> take a take a two year uh, journey around the United States. Uh, no, I was taking a little bit further. Regardless, jeez, need, going on foot. Need yeah, that's right. We're hitchhiking all the way. <laughs> Non-stop, folks. Non-stop. Regardless, listeners, you need to check out The Lonely Ones. Fantastic. You can also go back, check out all the Boba Flex stuff. They killed it then, too. Both are fantastic. Uh, great, great guest. Anytime you want to talk to an enjoyable person, you find Jimmy. Jimmy is a great person to hang out with. So true. Uh, Jake, it's, it's time. Yes. It's time for the newest segment. You know what it is. Give it to me. Shoe and tell. Shoe and tell. Yes. Yes. Now, Jake, yeah. I, I'm pretty fired up about this one because it's a little bit of an anniversary. It's okay. It's shoe and tell, 10th part. This is the 10th part of the series. Yes. Yes. So let me reach down. I thought we would, uh, I thought we would diverge a little bit since it's the 10th part. We, we, we are not actually having Jordans today. Say what? Oh, man. That's right. That's right. Oh. Yeah. Okay. You ready to hear what I have? Hmm. Yeah. I mean, I'm here we go. Jordan, the Jordan theme. Okay. Here we go. We've got the Nike Air More Up Tempos. Yeah. Okay. So still in that in that realm. Okay. Woo! I like it. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Now, so like most people probably when they hear that shoe or they see it with the giant air on the side. They're thinking Scottie Pippen. So true. Right? Because Scottie Pippen wore these shoes in the historic 95-96 season with the Bulls. In fact, the last several years, these have been reissued. They've actually had the Scottie Pippen emblem put on the back of the shoe. So they got the Scottie nice. Pippen symbol on the back of them. Boom. Boom. Yeah. Now, uh, funny enough, Jake, uh, when these shoes were actually out, they weren't in shoe, though. Like, he wore them, but they weren't a signature shoe. So they went back and retroactively, like I've said, put that emblem on, even though they're not, they weren't made specifically for him. That's right. Uh, the, these shoes are just so awesome in so many ways. Wilson Smith made these shoes. He designed them. Uh, put, the, put the giant air written across the side. Smith said, I think generally the mid-90s were uh, just a bigger-than-life time 
and everything about the air more up tempos embodied that. That they do, Wilson. That they do. Now, the ones that I'm rocking right now, Jake, these were reissued in 2018. So true. I got these back in 2018. But the most recent edition, they actually just reissued these in uh, in uh, two months ago. Jeez. So basically, uh, when the last dance came out, Nike was like, you know what? We got to capitalize on everybody digging these these pippins in these old videos. So they reissued them right after the last dance came out. Now, last thing I'll say about these, Jake... If you went to basketball camp in the summer of 96, you needed a pair of more up-tempos. You needed one. Now, I I know you didn't because you were three, and that'd be weird if you were showing up at a basketball camp at three, but you needed them otherwise. I'm, I'm pretty sure I was rocking a pair of Charles Barkley's like a complete buffoon. That's probably We'll say that's why I was horrible. We'll give it that. That was the reason. Was the Charles Barkley? Well, that's kind of crazy because the way that basketball is today, usually everybody on the team, if they have like a Kyrie Irving or a Kobe or a LeBron, yeah, they wear those shoes. You know, they, yeah. So it's well, so Scotty didn't wear didn't wear the Jordans. Then is what you're saying? No, 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 no. He he wore the Nike uh, Nike more air up tempos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. I mean, they're they're still individual now. I mean, they don't they don't necessarily. A lot of times, they'll jump on the bandwagon of who's who's on their team, but they're definitely still individual. Like J.R. Smith wears whatever he feels like anytime. Like he's not, of course. I yeah. mean, he's got he's got a ton of different. He he could he could do a, a shoe and tell for like seventeen years straight. I think. Uh, he's got so many shoes, it's ridiculous. That's a fact. But yeah, I do have to say, this is one of my favorite shoes uh, outside of Jordan's. I love this shoe. It is, I mean, it's just so 90s. It is It is absolutely horrible to play basketball in. That's a fact. Even though that's really? what it's for. <laughs> it's, no, it weighs like 10 pounds. It is so bad. Dang. Like, I mean, that's the that's the problem back in the day. Like, these shoes are beautiful works of art, but as far as actually a functional basketball shoe, so bad. Yes! So bad. Like, the, the KDs and the New Jordans could run circles around these shoes, man. Run circles around how they perform, for sure. But anyways, it's a good good divergence from uh, from the Jordans. There you go. Nike more air up tempos, Jake. There it is. Okay. Are you ready? Last birthday suit. Let's do it, man. Okay. I'm, I'm I'm ready. This one I'm I'm, I'm, I'm so a little ready. concerned. It's music, but it's not your wheelhouse. Okay. Yeah, uh, we we're, we're going to find we, out. We are in the hip hoppers right now. The hip hoppers. Here we go. Born on August 16, 1991, in Atlanta, Georgia. He was the 10th of 11 children. Wow. His family was like norms up there in Alaska, dodging bears, man. 11 children, crazy. And he was the 10th, almost the youngest out of 11. Crazy. Our birthday suit wearer grew up in the Jonesboro South Projects, where many famous rappers have called home Waka Flocka Flame. Two Chains, Ludacris, Pee Wee Longway, and others. And of course, our birthday suit wearer. Our birthday suit wearer had a troubled past. 
he was expelled from sixth grade for breaking his teacher's arm. Jeez. Now talk about talk about an intense uh, uh, interaction there. That's way more than getting punched in the face by an eighth grader. Yeah. Get your arm broken by a sixth grader. He went to juvenile prison, Jake. And while he was there, he developed a passion for music. Really started loving music while he was there. And in 2011, he released his first mixtape, uh, which was titled I Came From Nothing, which was ca- it caught the idea of Gucci Mane. Gucci Mane put him on his label. And in 2013, he released his first commercial debut titled Stoner, which was a huge success. He followed this up by another uh, single titled Danny Glover. And was close, that song was close to being as successful. Over the next few years, our birthday suit wearer kept saying he was going to release an album. And in 2015, he was very close to re- releasing an album under the title The Carter Six to p- pay in homage of his favorite rapper, Lil Wayne. But apparently, Lil Wayne was not having that homage. He was not a fan of it. Nope. And he started telling people not to buy our birthday suit wearer's music. So, our birthday suit wearer changed the name to Barter Six and released it as another mixtape. In 2017, he released a collaborative collaborative album with Future titled Super Slimy. And it wasn't until 2019 that his first solo debut album came out, which was titled So Much Fun. Just uh, recently, he released a collaborative album with Chris Brown titled Slime and Bee. Name that birthday suit wearer. Oh, man. Okay, so um, I'm just gonna throw out a couple. Okay, I don't know. Okay, uh, I would I would say like uh, ASAP Ferg nope. or ASAP Rocky. None of the ASAPs. Um, They're all from New York. So take that one out. Okay. Well, I know Ti's from Atlanta. That's but true. That's not Too him. old. Take him out. Um, it's not childish. Not childish. Um, so think about you got a, you got a you got a 29 year old here. Um, and, uh, he's very eccentric. He's very eccentric. Sometimes he wears some sort of androgynous get-ups. People have compared him to Prince before, um, as far as a lot of the way he acts. Uh, he has a very high-pitched delivery in his, in his hip-hop songs, uh, and his initials for his hip-hop name are Y-T. Yeah, bro, I'm sorry. I am not going to get this one. Young Thug. Young Thug. Yeah, you knew it. You knew it. I know you you felt you you heard it and you were like, "Oh, Young Thug." Yeah, man. Dang it, man. Young Well, when you said YT, I immediately just like didn't hear the Y and I started thinking W and I was like, "Who is WT?" <laughs> just cuz, you know, I'm an idiot. Y- Young Thug oh. is crazy influential. How influential he has been in the uh, in the uh, hip hop game. Like he is. I mean, yes. he is really just. Uh, I mean, you listen to hip hop now, and I mean, he's just all over the place. Plus, it's crazy. He released a song uh, a little while back with uh, with Thomas Rhett. What? Huh? What? Dang. 
Yeah, Thomas Rhett and Young to, Thug. Yeah, crazy. My my sophomore year in college, that would have been like 2013, 2014. Yeah. I did listen to a ton of Young Thug. Yeah, Stoner, man. Stoner. That was a big, big deal back then. He had some good jam. And I'll tell you, that new album with Chris Brown, I'm a big fan. That's right. That's, that's, uh, their, their single, the, the, the lead single on that album, Go Crazy, that's a jam right there. That's a fact. That's, a, that's certified, certified jam. So say what you will about Chris Brown and everything going on outside of music, but that dude can make some music. He can. Oh, absolutely. He can make some jams. Uh, okay, happy birthday to Young Thug turning 29. There you go. One more year in the 30s for Young Thug. He's going to have to turn to just Thug soon. He's going to be outside of Young after that. Although they don't do that since, you know, uh, 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 Jay-Z still calls himself Young Things and he's 50 three or whatever yeah you know yeah you don't have to you don't have to take young out anymore anyways jake amazing groups coming up two very excited guests i've got i've got dead posey dead posey fantastic group out of uh la uh made up of danielle and tony f tony f from one of the groups you dig in the 90s eve six originally in eve six now He's doing his own thing in Dead Posey with Danielle. They make some jams. I think my favorite song of theirs is uh, is Holy Roller. Yes! That's a good jam right there. That's a good jam. Uh, and then next Sunday, Jake, you're going to be on this show with me. Get excited. You've already been listening to some of his jams. You were telling me how you liked them. Zade Wolf. Say what? Zade Wolf, mm-hmm. man, he's got yeah. he's got Reported some bangers. He's an interesting dude, you know, because he's a solo guy and he's a producer and he puts all that stuff down by himself, you know. That's all his own work, just him in the studio banging it out. He's a phenomenal producer, but I mean, the songs Hustler, New Blood, Born Ready, Gladiator, all of those, such jams, man. Can't wait to have him on the show. We're going to have him next Sunday. Uh, But until then, Jake, we got to wrap it up for now. So I've been your host, Doc G, with me as always, the man that is allergic to cats, but he's working on it, folks. He's not as allergic as he used to be, so who knows? Some point, he could actually stay in a room with a cat for longer than like 10 minutes without dying. In it, due time. It could, in due time. It could be possible. But the man, the myth, the legend, Papa J-Bones, parlor. Until next week, keep her sleazy, y'all. Mm, zip it up and zip it out.